0: Blog Talk Radio. the F. The union He's been with us in New Britain, days, Connecticut,
1: our special guest and spokesman, uh, for the Union, and um, we, uh, uh, of course, tonight is our union issues tonight.
0: Now, uh, we got a, a first, a first. uh um yeah,
1: I can't talk tonight. A first article
0: yeah. that I'm going to read is on the Trans Pacific. Yeah, the people, and allowing extreme corporate interests the freedom to run roughshod over workers in the United States and abroad. The secret TPP negotiations resumed this week, this time in Washington. TPP is a massive agreement that sets up new rules for over 40% of the global economy. It will have a profound effect on on our jobs, our standard of living now and in the future, and our ability to make a living as a country. Oddly though, as of Monday morning, you have to read about it in the Japan Times because few to no US media outlets are covering it. In spite of the lack of American media coverage of this tremendously important agreement, representatives of labor, environmental farm, family farm, consumer, internet freedom, public health, faith and human rights and community organizations held a rally on Monday outside the office of the U.S. Trade Representative. These organizations represent stakeholders from all countries that are denied a seat at the TPP negotiating table. Johnson includes a lot more about the negotiations and the media blackout. Let me go to this full article.
1: What's really frightening about this article too is that not in this article so much but the, the whole concept is that um it it it's it's so pro corporate and so anti worker it it's just it's just a you know it's disgusting and and obama wants this thing he wants to push it through fast track it so that all of his Corporate buddies, okay,
0: are well taken uh, care are, of. Are
1: well taken care of before he leaves office, okay? And this is such a sickening thing because it's going to destroy, absolutely destroy. That's
0: country. why he was thrilled with what happened in the election.
1: Yeah, when the Republicans won the election, Republicans are for this because the Republicans are for big business, you know.
0: And uh, it's just, it's just an absolute nightmare. Yeah, you know, he place. was really happy that Repo- we have a more Republican majority because he's a warmonger. Yeah and they support that as well. Yes. So it's, there's nothing democratic about He's a corporate whore
1: and a warmonger. You know? and you're, dealing
0: with, you're dealing with a really, really nasty guy. Well, know? here's what the Japan Times reported in TPP talks get back underway in Washington. Chief, chief negotiators from 12 countries involved in the Trans-Pacific Partnership Initiative resumed negotiations in Washington after their leaders reaffirmed last month that they will conclude an agreement as soon as possible. Here are a few stories about the media blackout of this important treaty, all in the non-corporate media. Common dreams, as TPP opposition source corporate media blackout deafening. Media matters study. Media leaves viewers in the dark about the Trans-Pacific Partnership. Nation of change. Mainstream media blackout of the Trans-Pacific Trade Agreement. Project censored 2013 news that didn't make the news, number three. Trans-Pacific Partnership threatens the regime of corporate global governance. Credo petition from February tell the media it's time to expose the TPP. At today's rally in Washington, George Cole, Senior Director of Communication Workers of America, said, We believe in trade. We are fighting against old trade policy that literally guarantees corporate profits at the expense of working families in all nations. In the weeks ahead, we will mobilize like never before against fast-track authorizing legislation in the TBP.
1: Majority sent a letter to President Obama asking him to tell TPP and negotiators to address currency manipulation. Also last year, a Bipartisan Majority, 230 members of the U.S. House, sent a letter to President Obama saying they want him to tell TPP negotiators to address currency manipulation. Sixty senators and 230 members of the House want the negotiators to address currency manipulation, but TPP does not address currency manipulation. What else do you need to know about the negotiating process and respect for democracy and national sovereignty? All right? Now, this is this is simply amazing and I and the next five minutes I just wanna I just wanna play this uh, um, media blackout video here that just kinda of tells you what's going on. Only a couple of minutes.
2: ...lobbying governments from 12 countries to negotiate the dirtiest deal you've never heard of. There's a reason you haven't heard of the TPP, or Trans-Pacific Partnership. There are some major corporations and government officials that don't want you to know what's in the deal. For one, our food safety standards, environmental protections, and local labor laws could all be threatened under the TPP. We could all be forced to pay significantly more for the medicines we need. And you could be fined or even sent to jail for downloading copyrighted content on the Internet. <laughs> How will they know if you do it? Because your Internet service providers could be required to watch your online activity. But that's not even the scariest part. The TPP gives corporations the power to sue our government and secret foreign tribunals over any law or regulation they claim affects their expected future profits. Don't believe it? it's already happening. Recently, after Canada said U.S. big pharma corporation Eli Lilly's drug price raising patents were not legit, the firm sued the Canadian taxpayers for a staggering half a billion dollars. And now billions of dollars are being demanded from Germany after it decided to phase out nuclear power following the Fukushima disaster and improve environmental standards for coal-fired electric plants. Philip Morris and Chevron are in on the game too, raiding taxpayer dollars and trying to reverse crucial policies we all rely on. Thankfully, not everyone is willing to sign on the dotted line just yet. In fact, most government officials still have no idea what they're even signing on to, for good reason. So far, Democrats and Republicans in the House of Representatives have united against fast-tracking the TPP. But there is a mighty corporate lobby that wants to make sure the deal is signed and railroaded quickly through Congress before we know about the damage it will cause us. We must get our senators and representatives to stop fast-track, Here's the deal. Without a strong public outcry, politicians will only hear the concerns of multinational corporations. And once the TPP is signed, it's here forever. There's no expiration date and no separation clause. This dirty deal has been deliberately branded as a free trade agreement. It is anything but free for people like you and me. And it's not really about trade. It could cost us our internet freedom, labor rights, access to affordable medicine, the safety of our food, and protections that keep our water and air clean. Nobody wants to be stuck with a backroom deal we don't want and never voted for. Find out more, speak up, and spread the word. And go to stopfasttrack.com
1: or expose the tpp.org. Okay. And, um, and it's really frightening, folks. It really is, you know, that we can be allowed to do this. Well, anyway, um, we're going to bring up, um, uh, I'm going to dial, uh, Larry here and just send that and, uh, Maybe we,
0: maybe Larry has an idea of what the can let us know what the unions are doing to oppose that. I wonder what they are. I mean, they have it in the AFL, and I'm sure they're opposing it. It's just a matter of. Uh
3: Voicemail of Larry Dorman, Council for Public Affairs. Please leave your name, number, and a brief message, and I'll get back to you as soon as possible. Thanks.
2: At
0: the tone, please record your message. When you have finished recording, you may hang up or press 1 for more options.
1: Yeah, Hey, Larry, it's uh, Leo and Lila. Uh, it's your time. We'll give them uh, a call back in about five minutes. If you'd like to give us a call when you're free, it's at 646-915-9505 again, six four six nine one five nine five oh five all right, so uh, um, we'll talk to you then okay all right, and uh, I'm sure he'll be calling us in he's done this before he just got tied up, but um, let me see here uh one we're
0: we're waiting for Larry. Yeah, I
1: and we to plan to, to ask
0: him about this trans-Pacific partnership. Let's let's talk a little bit more about uh, three ways to raise wages. For a lot of working people, this holiday season will be one of the belt tightening, one of belt tightening rather than shopping sprees. Let's face it, our wages just aren't keeping up with the way they used to. Here's a fact. The average income for the least rich ninety percent of us has been flat since the nineteen seventies, although people are working more hours, not a recipe for holiday but for a holiday buying bonanza that's for sure you know, wages don't you don't get a raise; you barely keep up. The answer isn't to cut back even more it's to raise wages. One sure way to put more money in consumers' pockets and place upward pressure on pay is by raising the minimum wage, a sorely needed move that is stymied in Congress. Of those 20 states and as many localities have raised the wage in the past two years. But that's not the only way. Let's look at
1: three hey, other
0: paths to raising wages. Well,
1: Hello? I he
0: did. He Hi, Larry, are you with us? It doesn't sound like it. No. Okay, uh, Leo's going to give Larry a call. Um, we have three other paths to raise rates. Hey there. Oh, hey, okay. how, how are
3: you, Larry? Larry? Hi, Larry. Good. Hi, Lila, how are you doing?
0: I'm doing fine. How are you doing?
3: Very well, very well.
0: Good. Thank you for calling us back. I know you're busy, and thank you for giving us some time. Thanks for having me on. You're welcome. Leo and I were just talking about the uh, Trans-Pacific Partnership, um, how the uh, discussions about that are held in secret. And it's certainly...
1: Corporate coverage of it. I don't know. No media coverage of it, except the non-corporate coverage. Um,
3: how, what, what do you? What is the? What is the union doing regarding this? They, well, he, he, obviously the AFL-CIO has been uh, vocal about this uh, as the as Federation of Unions, and I, I think you just kind of nailed the main concern is that. Uh, The lead-in, everything has been, you know, secretive in the lead-up to getting this thing done. And like NAFTA and other bad trade deals that have uh, succeeded NAFTA, um, there's just a similar lack of uh, of labor and and other environmental, et cetera, standards. So, uh, you know, you're talking about... um, Codifying, solidifying um, a trade agreement with uh, uh, the countries that uh, are currently being exploited by corporate America to, to as part of the effort to destroy jobs, lower wages, and, and raise uh, corporate and executive uh, uh, salaries. So it's a bad deal all the way around, from what I understand. Yeah, it is. It,
1: it is. We we played a video and uh, we we read this article uh, tonight, but. We've been talking about it for the last uh, year on the on the show, and uh, uh, it's, it's just it's just a frightening aspect that nobody seems to know,
0: uh,
1: you know, what 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 it's really what it entails. Okay. And what the most
0: people are afraid of is that it'll be fast tracked through Congress yeah. with really no explanation behind, right. and that'll be it. Well,
3: yeah, that's the problem with uh, fast track trade deals. Um, in general, and you guys are absolutely right here, Congress, and, and they're happy to do this, by the way. Congress is absolutely conceding um, its right to, to act on uh, behalf of the interests of uh, the American public they're supposed to represent. And so this, this is uh, this is the ultimate backroom deal. Um, you know, the last trade agreement is to be consummated without scrutiny, without change. And uh, I don't, know. I don't know if you can tell me the last time a trade agreement actually benefited you know, average working people, but I'd be curious to know if it has.
1: Oh, free trade never did. And, uh, yeah, I mean, we lost three million, 3 million industrial jobs over that and more.
0: And, and this, uh, the but, trade-specific right. partnership isn't even really about trade. It's about giving corporations no. power to control... Um, employees
1: really. Well, and power and, to, and so it's power, it gives power government. over over government, uh, power over uh, mm-hmm. Congress and, and President. Uh, you know, it, it 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 creates a complete and total uh, corporately controlled world.
0: You know, so a, if, a new world order if you will. If a
1: corporation doesn't have re- that, not that we
3: don't have that now. <laughs> but, yeah, you're right. It would make it worse.
1: It's a quick, it's a it's a Corporateocracy and a corp, uh, corporate a corporatocracy, Yeah. If, if As, a
0: uh, if a if yeah. a corporation doesn't care for uh, the environmental laws in a country because it's infringing on their right to make money, they just sue. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah, you know,
1: it, it's a it's a frightening concept.
0: Uh, a frightening treaty. They challenge any. They'll be able to challenge anything that gets in a w- in the way of their corporate greed.
1: Yeah, and
0: when,
1: because
0: yeah. it's
3: all in the treaty. But you know, And you have the treaty can't be revoked. Yeah. Yeah. It can't and, expire and it you know <laughs> we saw this happen. I mean, unfortunately nobody's listening to us. I mean, we saw this play out with NAFTA. You've got unregulated trucks yeah. um flying over the American um freeways because of NAFTA because it would be an impediment to trade to actually regulate Commerce rates regulated within this country to the extent that it is um, you have vegetables um, that are grown with pesticides um, that again are um, that that environmental protection law that you're talking about you know that's viewed as an impediment to trade. You can't force um, Mexico to clean up the growing um, activity they use you know when planting and growing um, produce. Um, so, you know, this is what we predicted would happen, and it keeps happening, and, and the worst part about it, like you said, is that now it's all done in, in secret. Yeah, uh, terrible.
0: And, you, and, you and know, these countries,
3: uh, you know, China, obviously, huge polluter, for example. Um, now you give them the ability to, um, <laughs> you know, you give them the ability to say, listen, any, any effort to clean up environmental standards um is a trade barrier. Um it then, you know, again, uh the multinational corporation gain that much more of an unfair advantage. Um this deal, you know what guys, this deal fast track leg and I'm glad you used that phrase, fast track legislation, it simply allows in my mind it just it allows the these corporate power brokers to shape trade deals totally to their advantage, and it totally shields the details um, from the public, from you know, policy experts and analysts, from the press. Uh, it, it's horrible all the way
1: around. Yeah. So we we heard. get um, oh, so At least at least a few months ago, uh, that uh, <laughs> the 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 whole the the, the corporations right now. Are 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 pressuring Obama, okay, and the Congress, but especially Obama, okay, to put this through because they it's, they they feel it's the last chance. It's the last chance for them to get it through, all right? Because uh, because he is so bought and sold by the by by the power brokers, by the by Goldman Sachs and so on so on, so forth,
2: the major bankers.
1: Now one of the one of the key things that they never put into the Uh, agreement, the trade agreement, was any mention about currency manipulation, all right? And with the currency Mm -hmm. manipulation uh, that's allowed, all right, uh, we're losing billions upon billions of dollars every year, hundreds of billions of dollars, okay, to currency uh, manipulation. And there's nothing in this treaty to, to prevent that, all right? Uh, and all these all these uh, banksters uh, can 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 play around with currency until uh, the cows come home, and then expect us to bail them out. All right, and that's the other thing that's in that TTP uh, TPP uh, policy is that uh, you know we have to. Uh, I mean, the taxpayer now has got to is, is basically has to insure the bankers. All right, uh, <laughs> you know. Uh, it's it, it's a it's an absolute frightening concept, and we're not only ensuring bankers on this end, this side of the world, but on the other side of the world, you
3: know. Um, well, yeah, the I mean, one of you know some of the bad things, might from the research and uh, materials that I've looked at. Um, you just address some of them. Um, Congress can't fast track means that Congress can't amend a trade deal, no matter how um, problematic some of the provisions are. Um, you just eloquently said the um what's been currently drafted and you're absolutely right, guys. it doesn't require the trade agreements to um do anything to address currency manipulation so that that's it's silent on that um it doesn't um allow for buy American policies you know it would recognize like buy American policies uh that people like Chris Murphy are trying to put through, um, would, uh, that that wouldn't uh those policies would be null and void Um, you know, um I've read that it also you know, this is how bad the fast track stuff is. Um it would it would it would preclude or interfere with the ability of governments uh, in terms of um providing affordable life saving medicines because again those are gonna get in the way of the profit motive. Um so, you know, it's just the further, we're marching further down that road toward, you know, identifying the countries where you can offshore production because those countries have, you know, weak labor and environmental laws and enforcement. It's it's just the low road. You're taking the low road. And um, I saw something from the National AFL-CIO that said the uh, to date, you know, fast-track trade policies have cost more than one million jobs. And closed down something like sixty thousand factories in this country. So you know, uh, it's it's pretty easy to see and obvious to see who's behind this and
0: why they want it. Uh, that's, that's it's yeah, that's really staggering. Yeah. really staggering. And there'll be no recovery from that, Larry. Oh, okay. I don't know how yeah. people will recover their lives when they. Um, I mean, a million. They jobs. don't.
3: Uh, and the the answer lila unfortunately is that they don't. You know, these workers go in a downward spiral. You've taken away their income, you know, their means of providing for themselves and their families. Um, they have to go on uh social welfare programs to the extent that they exist in certain states. So, you know, it's that downward spiral that um that, that can, it just continues the downward spiral. And that's why, you know, we've had this discussion a lot with it. The other negative, one of the other negative impacts is that it, it isolates public employees, the last sector of workers who have decent jobs, um, rights on the job, decent pay and benefits uh, through their union. So, you know, um, it's no secret that private sector union membership has declined dramatically, um, in large part because of these trade policies, and that's left the public sector very much isolated, so that, you know, um, that's why we're seeing more successful, more and more successful attacks on public sector unions as the uh, private yeah. sector goes under. Uh, it's staggering. I, it's so staggering. Uh, that, uh, I I One I thing before we, before, before
1: we go tonight, I wanted to ask you um, how, you know, because you, we represent, uh, you know, the, the, the unions represent the... Uh, um, uh, the police police forces around the country. And I'm I'm wondering if you've had any feedback uh from uh, municipal unions, the uh, police unions, the state and uh and municipal, um regarding this uh the, these uh, grand jury um uh these grand juries that have let these uh this these excessive force and murders uh go un unpunished, you know, or even uh, Well, the people
0: have, in uh, Ferguson uh and uh well, garner the one in Staten Island,
1: yeah. And that's one in garner. garner was unbelievable. Eric Garner. Um, yep. What, what's your opinion of that? Uh, uh, what
0: kind of feedback have you gotten from yeah. your unions and things on that or have you gotten any at all? Obviously um unions have people on both sides. But I'm just uh, thank you for you
3: know thank you for thank you for pointing that out. Um you know it's um it is a difficult situation in that um you know, my take on it is uh I clearly it, it's very difficult to say that um justice was rendered in, in in any of these tragedies. Um that said, I also don't I don't like to see um criminal behavior. I certainly don't want to see looting and um the right. like taking place. Um one of the stories that got lost, particularly after Ferguson a story that was never told was, you know, particularly all the public employees in that city and, and township, who, you know, the dispatchers who were dealing with the the damage and the and the craziness that ensued, um, the many good police officers who don't, you know, immediately uh, rush to shoot. Um, you know, there are a lot of good stories, the public works crews who are cleaning up. You know, we forget the fact that this stuff has these tragedies and the fallout from these tragedies have an impact on the communities and on and, and, and decent people who are trying to earn a living. And um, public employees are going to help rebuild that community. And that story doesn't get told. But I will be absolutely, you are absolutely correct, Lila, there have been, um, I've seen both sides of the issue. Um, obviously, um, I think new members uh, are, are, Horrified by what's been going on, but then we also have members who work in public safety who uh, feel that um, people in the public safety sector are being unfairly lied because of the actions of a, of a few. So it's a very sensitive and difficult time.
1: I think that's very true. But I, for one thing, that that so so inflamed. It wasn't so much the Michael Brown. Ferguson issue, as it was the um, Staten Island Eric Garner. Uh, uh, Garner. Uh, issue.
3: Yep. Yeah. That's
1: that blew my mind when I saw that. You know, it, it just right. did. Yeah. So it must have. It must have. You must have uh, been stunned at it as well. You know, to see what happened there right. and, and trying to trying to figure out why uh, they let him go. You know,
3: have you have you have you heard anything more on why they did or? Um, but, no, you know, I, I mean all all I'm hearing, and quite frankly, this has been a learning experience for me, is I think it has for hopefully a lot of Americans who maintain an open mind. Um, uh, it's you know there seems to be um, real reluctance on the part of grand juries to deliver indictments when it comes to police officer, but, you know, and then I think you're right. I mean, the, the, the Eric Garner case in Staten Island, I think, put in sharp relief in a different way than the Michael Brown case in Ferguson did. But it put in sharp relief the fact that, you know, in all of these cases, you know, you are talking about white police officers, you know, responding to um, what they perceive as criminal activity by um, black young men. So wherever, you know, the right wingers are running with this, they're having the a field day with this and exploiting it for their own end, the bottom line for me is that um what I see coming out of this, you know, racial and economic justice just they're they're inextricably linked. Um and if we're going to achieve both, um we as a union, um it's not so much taking sides it's that we as a union is after union. We've got to continue fighting for the things that are going to reduce the possibility of this stuff happening. So we've got to fight for good jobs. We've got to fight for good public education. We've got to fight for safe streets, and we've got to make sure that everybody um, has an opportunity or a shot at the American dream, and that means having a decent job that allows you to um, pay the bills, take your family out, have a, you know have dinner out, do those things. That opportunity is being denied to a significant section, sector, a significant part of the American population right now. And we've got to deal with that. We've got to deal with poverty. We've got to deal with um, institutional racism and realize that, you know, there are problems. What the union movement can do is help cure those ills by getting people good jobs. And we've had this discussion, and I'm, you know, I'm proud of it. You know, public sector employment. Um, you know, half our membership is made up of, of women and people of color. Um, you know, government jobs, um, uh, you know, public sector has always been a more kind of open-minded employer, and unions fighting for civil service reform, fighting for promotional opportunities. Uh, you know, I think we've made the economy work a little bit better for average working families so that you don't have the economic desperation um, that you see. Um so I, I know I'm getting I'm rambling off track, but and I don't have a solution for the brutality that, that took, you know, that, that's that been happening. But I think that you know, the labor movement you know, offers a solution. You know, by fighting for good jobs, by fighting for safe communities, by fighting for uh, treating people with respect, um, so that this stuff doesn't happen. Um, but from a pure law enforcement and legal standpoint um there's just no denying we have got a problem in this country um because uh I had an African American member uh who actually wrote a piece for me that he was hoping we would find a way to to help him publish and I don't want to say where he he works. he's a government um worker in eastern Connecticut, and he said and he's black as I said, and he said, you know this would never happen to a kid in Farmington, you know or a kid in Ridgefield <laughs> And he's right, you know. Um, The cops aren't gonna, you know, pull the guns out and and aim them at a a, a kid in a wealthy suburb, or white kid in a wealthy suburb. That's a problem in this country. We better try to deal with that. I I, I, I,
1: I, I, think that may be true, but I tell you, after after Columbine and all these other things, I don't don't know. Um, You know, I think that that, that, I think I think the biggest problem is they're too quick to, 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 to judge too quick to fire. Uh,
3: look at that little 12-year-old boy
1: who got shot to death in uh, at Cleveland. Yeah. I mean, that, that well,
3: crazy. no, but, you know, again, the point that my my state employee member who's black was making was that um, I, he was saying what you are. He's simply saying that you won't, you know, you're, you, you never see um, a white police officer open up, you know, open up fire on a, a white kid in the suburbs. It's not that I would want, you know, we don't want that to happen to anybody. Oh, yeah. um, we well, well, just don't what, see this stuff happening. Guy and, uh, I mean, Columbine was a crazy kid opening, and crazy white kids opening up uh, their guns on on their fellow students.
1: Look what happened to the one and uh, just to mention locally, the 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 uh, uh, the August uh, 19th uh, case. There were a black officer in Hartford Taser. t- tasered a, a black kid who was doing nothing. Mm-hmm. He was just standing there. You saw it on videotape. He was standing there and uh with his arms uh by his side and stopped when it, and then the officer kept walking toward him and then- and then tasered him right and uh, right. the guy fell right. down in, into a you know a spasm into a heap. On that. and then the guy the, that that uh, that officer was uh was was uh, um, wasn't found guilty at all. And uh, they did they did nollie the uh, the kid the kids from the kid from doing anything okay the charge
0: against him knulling. was nollie dropped but yeah.
1: uh, but but uh, the officer was wasn't charged at all I th-
0: I think no, he was that
1: was excessive force if there ever was one again you know but I I don't know but in that case the officer was a black guy and the kid was a black guy
0: you know so it but got, it didn't it make it any better he got a lot less press you know but it didn't make it any better yeah that's uh, but i think you're, no. you know you i think if um um people had good paying jobs if there was um uh, improved education in the inner cities and in in some of these uh, suburbs that we see that um i think that's a beginning better housing for people good medical care um and jobs are a key thing for keeping people off the street. You know, why, why was uh, that man re, uh, who had six children, he had to sell cigarettes to make a living? Yeah, he had to uh, sell, single a Single,
3: cigarette,
1: single
0: yeah. cigarettes to make a living? I mean, that's, that's a terrible right. thing. Right. And I also, really, just like I said, yeah, that really and, and I know
3: it's a que- Yeah, I agree. I just, you know, again, just want to keep in mind the... You know, there's another side to this, which is the side of people who work in public safety. And, you know, for example, we represent um, thousands of correctional officers and other frontline employees in Connecticut's prison system. And, you know, uh, they don't like to see the, you know, and I've spoken with many of them who don't appreciate the fact that, you know, every police officer now is being um, painted with a broad brush. And, um, you know, they're... When you wear a blue uniform or a black uniform, when you're in law enforcement and public safety, um, the majority of the time, you know, you're dealing with people who are going to do or try to do bad things. And um, if the, the prison system, you know, the, the lives of, the daily lives of our correction officers for public concern, you know, they do shop. You know, inmates really are, you know, trying to scam, um, run some kind of scam uh, practically, you know, 24 hours a day our um, members. And um, you know, it's not an easy job. So we have to remember that, you know, it's it's not a job that everybody's cut out for, that everybody wants to do, whether it's a police officer or a correction officer or a firefighter. And I think we need to you know we need to acknowledge that um the vast, vast majority of them are, you know, civic minded people who are trying to um uh preserve the public good. You know, not undermining. I, and I do feel that way. But
1: with these, but with these grand juries not indicting any any officers, all right, policemen. Again, that, I, you're
3: right. I, I, I'm not arguing that point. Of, you know, that's one of the things that I've learned is that grand juries just don't deliver indictments um, when it's you know this kind of case, and that's changed. Well,
1: I think so. And I, they're just they're just giving a broad brush to 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 uh, all policemen. Regardless whether they're good, bad, or indifferent, you know, and I think
3: that's yeah, the problem. other thing I want to, yeah. The, and the other thing that I've been into wanting to say to you guys, that I think you're be open minded about this message, is that um, this is, and this pertains more to you know, I, this was in my mind when I watched the uh, this the you know the rioting and the looting that the media and Fox made such uh, a big deal out of it. And I understand it was newsworthy. But um, and I know this doesn't have anything to do with um what you're asking me, but I gotta say it. Um, uh, I wish the media um had spent a fraction of the time covering um the way corporate America has looted um workers' futures, um, as they have uh covering the uh, response in Ferguson and Staten Island. Um you know, if you want to talk about looting, the real looting that goes on on a daily basis is, you know, corporate America stealing money from uh, American workers, destroying American workers' lives. You know, that, to me, is the real looting that's happening in this country, and the media doesn't cover it. So they love bringing their cameras to Ferguson, they love bringing the cameras to New York City, and showing people uh, behaving often poorly, you know, under duress. Um, where are they when Wall Street is looting is um, the, the futures of you know, hundreds of thousands of American workers? They're nowhere to be found. And I know that no. has nothing to do with those two cases, but that's how I feel.
0: But you're you're absolutely right. I agree, agree with you 100%. And that's why the media doesn't cover things like the Trans-Pacific Partnership. They just don't right. cover it. Yeah, that's the looting yeah. of America.
3: Yeah, there's looting that goes on every day in this country, but it's not, you know, it's not black-on-black. It's not, you know, it's not in Ferguson. It's not in Staten Island. It's not in New Haven or Hartford. You know, it's on Wall Street, and it's in the halls of Congress where um, they're stealing and destroying workers' lives every day. And uh, that's, like you guys said, you know, where's the coverage when it comes to that?
0: I just uh, wanted to mention that uh, Leo and I do feel that... um, that the police generally do a really good job, and correction offices do a really good job and those are jobs yeah. that not that not all of us can do and um, exactly, I,
3: exactly. Yeah. Oh. um well there need to be there need to be repercussions when police uh uh um misbehave, and you know that's like i said it's um the the system is not working at least in these two cases. Um, and we got to fix that, but, um, you know, as a labor movement, we're trying to do what we can do, which is to make sure people have decent jobs and, you know, are less inclined to have to be forced to, you know, go out on the black market and do things that end up uh, putting them in confrontation with the law.
0: That's right. I, I think you're absolutely right, and I think if we could move more to, in that direction, it would be a much better, much better country. The last word, uh, for you any, is there any really good...
1: News
0: out
3: there? Anything we should be looking forward to uh, this new year, or before the holiday, uh, or the? Well, you know, yeah. There, I mean, there is, and again, it doesn't get publicized, but, um, you know, I'm I'm really I'm really touched. I it's just a small story, but, um, you know, I went to our, our town of Vernon, you know, East River New Manchester. Our public, we have a great public works crew. Guys work their butts off, and they. Um, they donated thousand dollars to uh, the Hockenum Valley Community Council, which feeds um, over a thousand people in Vernon and Holland. And uh, we have a group of small uh, we have some small unions uh, all over the state, but we have a group of school secretaries and uh, computer technicians. Um, down in Essex and Deep River, some you know, pretty wealthy towns on the Connecticut shoreline. Um, we have a union with only twenty members, and they donated five hundred dollars to the local soup kitchen. Which again, in these affluent communities, is feed, uh, that soup kitchen is feeding um, seven hundred people, often people who are ashamed to go to the church and be seen, you know, asking for a meal. So I, I think the story is that we have um, our labor movement and, and society at large. I hope. Uh, we have so many members doing really good things and not looking for um, anything other than they know that this is the right thing to do and that they're a little better off than their, um, many of the people in their communities, and they're trying to do something about it. And that, just, that really inspires me. We just shouldn't forget that as we head into the holidays. So if we can do something, um, uh, you know, if we can all commit to some act of kindness, uh, of charity, Um, I think it makes us feel better about ourselves and and gives us a little sense of hope, and um, I'm just proud. We have a lot of union members doing that, you guys are doing it with this show. You know, if everybody did a little bit of something to make a difference and to awaken people um, uh, about the good things we stand for, I think we'll be in better shape.
1: Well, thank you, Harry, and um, you
0: know you—you you definitely are out there doing the thing and banging the. Thing, the uh, You're right in the trenches bang, doing
3: bang, it banging, all, banging the drums, and uh, yeah, it's an honor. I got—I got folks like you uh, supporting us and fighting for us and carrying the word. So we'll keep it up. But there's a lot of good things happening out there, and it's—it's um, it's, it's not all dismal. So we 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 keep looking for it and
1: trying to trying to. Yep. <laughs>
3: But in the meantime, we got to bust some stones. <laughs> we wish you a very
1: Merry Christmas there, and uh, everybody
3: you will too. I will relay here. that to Sal and everybody, and I'll uh, look forward to talking to you guys. I hope you have a wonderful Christmas and a good New Year, and uh, we keep up this fight for justice. It's the right thing to do. We'll
1: talk to you the first of the year, okay?
3: All right, take take. Talk to you next year. Bye, Lyle. In
1: January. <laughs> <laughs>
0: All right, Larry. January, Thank
3: my gosh. See you, guys. Be well. Good night. Uh, Bye-bye.
1: That
0: was Larry Dorman, Public Affairs Coordinator for FC Council 4 out of New Britain, Connecticut. Um, We were talking to him about the Trans-Pacific Partnership and about the recent uh, problems within Ferguson, Missouri, and um, Gardner, Hempstead, New York, with the Gardner case. And he's absolutely right, you know if uh people had better jobs uh, and there uh would be less stress in a lot of these communities oh, yeah. that have suffered these problems, and you know maybe the media as a good point he made should pay pay more attention to corporate looting oh, yeah well I don't know. if we did less if they did less of that. There might be a little more left over for the other see, 90%. But you see,
1: the problem the problem that I see here, of course, unions don't seem to be going after President Obama, but they should be because they seem to, I, I don't know, um, it, it, its he is the one trying to push this through. He's the one that's constantly been trying to push this through.
0: Well, that's why he was so happy. It, and, it's it's
1: like, and it's like to me... He's, 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 this is horrible. I mean, this is really horrible and yeah, it should be condemned. But, you know, we'll, we'll see. I, I uh, These things are so rigged. Nobody well, knows about it. People that do know about it, but they won't get any traction. Uh, with They
0: um, don't get interviewed? Nobody no, talks, they don't.
1: So no, and the people that used to, like the guys like Wu Doves or people that, you know... Oh, they've been just,
0: shut off. They've
1: all been turned down, you know, turned off, you know, and, uh, you know, thrown out. Yep. People like us are, you know, continually being censored and squeezed out, and uh, the unions are being squeezed out, their voices. Uh, every, you know, any any oppositional voice to, to, the, to the government and to these corporations is just, you know, muted. And uh, that's why we keep trying. I mean, even if we...
2: We have a uh, hundred
1: listeners. You know what I mean to this show. That's a hundred people that heard this. You know what I mean. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and, and it's a, we had thousands and thousands and thousands that people know, and we, at least they understand. But I mean, here's a, here's an example of, of of the apathy that sets in here. I mean, this this last uh, midterm election, mm-hmm. there was less than fifty percent of the people of the voters voted.
0: Less than nationwide.
1: Really? Yeah, nationwide. Less, less than that. It was only like a, uh, less than that. Almost about a third of the actual voters. Because
0: people feel their vote doesn't matter. That's but why. midterm
1: elections oftentimes are, are low turnouts anyway. But
0: How much did you feel that your vote mattered? Low.
1: My vote? I don't know. <laughs> At least I didn't get uh, Tom Foley and uh that guy scared the pants off of me. Mm-hmm. And uh that's why I went out to vote in Connecticut I didn't want a republican Tom Foley, you know to uh <clears throat> to mess up everything in the state the way all the other Republican governors have messed up everything in the state okay for years yeah and uh <laughs> yeah, anytime you put your trust in a in, a, in one of those guys is just like forget it and they they, they turn everything inside out, and uh, the next thing you know uh. Save Christmas for Children are Striking Fairpoint Workers. Okay. Uh, when the IBU and CWA workers said they were about to go on strike against Fairpoint Communications, I knew they were in for a long fight. The decision to walk is not an easy one, and workers weigh the decision to walk against their personal, personnel financial situation. Strike can be especially hard on the children of striking workers and some older children understand the reasoning behind the strike and others just know that mommy or daddy are not getting paid right now. Many workers have been have already begun to inform their children that Christmas is going to be very, very small this year. And buying gifts falls way down on the list of priorities when you are on strike. Just keeping the roof over your head and the food in the fridge has become serious issues. This is where you and I can help save Christmas for hundreds of children. Uh, The CWA Local 1400 has compiled a wish list of gifts on Amazon for the children of its members who are currently on strike. There are hundreds of items to choose from, and every gift will bring a smile to a child's face this Christmas. After you purchase the gift through Amazon, have it shipped directly to the CWA Hall at CWA Local 1400 Christmas Gifts, 155 West Road, Portsmouth, New Hampshire. 03801, and help make the holiday season bright by buying a few items for the children of these striking workers. No gift is too big or too small, and every gift is special. Help keep the magic of Christmas alive by spending a few dollars buying gifts for children, who otherwise won't be getting anything this year.
0: They've been on strike for quite a while.
1: There are other ways you can help and show your support for the EBEW and IBEW rather N-C-W-A, CWA workers on strike against Fairpoint. I'll make a donation to the IBEW CWA Strike Fund by clicking here. Now you can go to uh, just go to the AFLCIO uh, Now blog, okay, and uh, it's right there on the right there on the front page.
0: And just scroll down,
1: see the article, okay.
0: Brave to stand up strike that
1: one. I, hope, oh, the I hope they
0: get what they're looking for. Yeah, uh, the strikes don't work out well. But,
1: uh, let's see, what good stuff have we got? Uh, well, in light of the
3: uh, World Human Rights Yeah, thing. in light
1: of the uh... TP. You know, NTP, but in light of the torture revelations. Uh, that
0: was pretty
1: disgraceful. You know, that was so ashamed. Uh, the last couple of days. Uh, we had Eleanor Roosevelt fought for human rights and union rights. Uh, World Human Rights Day. Today is International Human Rights Day, which commemorates the day in 1948 when the UN General Assembly adopted the Universal Declaration of Human Rights. One of the prime movers behind the Declaration was Eleanor Roosevelt. as married Mary Joe Baker and Brigid and Brigid, Bridget sorry, Bridget O'Farrell, right on the History News Network. That was just one piece of her long post-White uh, House progressive and pro-union activist life after Franklin Delano Roosevelt's death in 1945. Something they say was glossed over in the recent Ken Burns series, Roosevelt, which is an intimate history. Hmm. Um, Uh, this period is a complex mystery to most Americans who usually associate Eleanor Franklin and assume that her role in American life ended with his death in nineteen forty five or that her post war life merely echoed his new deal the write They write that the late part the latter part of Roosevelt's life was marked by three key concepts: political courage, civic education, and citizen engagement. I think she she, had, she was probably one of a the Phenomenal the first, woman. She was of one the of case. the best, greatest. Uh, um, first ladies? First ladies ever. You know. Well,
0: she and, was an activist. Oh, you know, right.
1: And he was, too.
0: Mm-hmm. The political courage
1: was highlighted by her stand against McCarthyism, while her um, civic education activities included a six-day-a-week newspaper column, Brown, 27 what? books, and several radio and TV public affairs programs. Wow, she was busy, huh? of was a counselor. And uh, Binker and O'Farrell point to Roosevelt's action on civil rights with, within a then divided Democratic Party and helping found Americans for Democratic Action as two components of her civic engagement. They also write, another important uh, aspect of Eleanor Roosevelt's uh, civic engagement philosophy was her support for American labor. Uh, Eleanor Roosevelt did more than foster the labor movement. She actually joined it. In 1937, one year after she started writing My Day, uh, she became a member of what is today the Newspaper Guild AFL-CIO. Despite allegations that her membership implied communist affiliation, she remained a member for over 25 years. Indeed, her union card was in her wallet when she died. ER also, or Eleanor Roosevelt, also numbered many union leaders uh, among her personal friends. She was particularly close to Auto, United Auto Workers Union President Walter Luther. Luther and Eleanor Roosevelt worked and relaxed together, staying at each other's homes and befriending each other's families. During the post-war years, Eleanor Roosevelt gradually became a strong supporter of public sector unions and vigorously led an effort to defeat so-called right-to-work laws in six states. They're still trying to promote that shit. I know it. It's amazing. She was a keynote speaker at the AFL-CIO merger convention in 1955, a merger she had championed for 20 years. When uh, A. Philip uh, Randolph, president of the Brotherhood of Sleeping Car Porters, uh, asked her to join the National Farm Labor Advisory Committee in 1959, despite failing health, she agreed. She attended meetings, wrote columns, and testified before Congress on behalf of the migrant farm workers. An amazing woman, huh? Yep. Yep, yeah, amazing, amazing woman. That's Eleanor Roosevelt. If you want to read more about that, please go to the AFL-CIO blog. And we thank everybody for World Human Rights Day. It's being and celebrated remember Eleanor today.
0: Roosevelt and all that she did.
1: Yes, yes, please do. An
0: amazing woman. Yeah. And we're right to the end of our show, and I thank you for being with us.
1: Yep, yeah, and uh, and I believe we're gonna have a show tomorrow night, uh, transnational video. and uh, join us tomorrow. Good All
0: night. right. Good night. Everybody. Good night, folks, and have a great
1: weekend.